0: Davidson, I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. If you will turn with me to Romans 5, we are going to, well, I'll tell you what, no, we're not going to do that. We are going to turn to Luke 6, verse 40. God just changed me. Luke 6, 40. I want us to take a look at this verse and I want us to consider it. It says, verse 40. This is Jesus speaking. I know it because it's in red. It says, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. The disciple, the disciple is not above his master, but... He said, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Jesus is telling us right here that he is our example. And he's also telling us here it is possible to be just like him. He said, you can be as the master. You can't be above him, but you can be as him. So I want you to consider Jesus is our example. So whatever Jesus does, we have to do. Jesus is our example. Now we can turn to Romans 5, verse 18. This is Paul speaking. He says, therefore, by the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And here's the verse I want. For as by one man's disobedience, By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who was the one man that was disobedient? Adam. Turn with me to to Genesis 3. We are going to look at Adam's disobedience. Verse 1, chapter 3 of Genesis. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, Adam was created by God. He was a son of God, says that in Matthew. And God fellowshiped with Adam every day, came down in the cool of the evening, and they talked face to face. Adam had no sin in him. Adam was a perfect man. There was such fellowship. There was such wonder. There was such paradise. They didn't even need clothes. They didn't care. There was no sin. No sin, perfect fellowship with the Father. And the Father said, we're going to walk this way. We're going to have this way. We're going to have this fellowship. There's only one thing that you can't do, just one. Don't touch that tree. Being the people we are. Let's go on. The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. They only had one thing to do. They only had to be be obedient in one area. Don't touch that tree. Verse uh, verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And look at this next verse. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And look at this next phrase. And gave it also under her husband with her was with her. Adam was with her when that snake talked. Did Adam stop her? No. And he said, and he did eat. That is when sin entered into the world. Adam was disobedient. One thing, one thing God told them not to do, and they were disobedient. And you know what happened? They lost their fellowship with God. They lost fellowship with God. God kicked them out of the garden. He said, now you're going to toil. Now you're going to walk like human beings. And they lost the fellowship with the Father. And not only that, they lost their spiritual life. They died. They died. And eventually, their bodies died. And that's where sin entered into the world. That's where you and I get our sin. That's why we act the way we do. And you know what? The Father didn't want that. Jesus didn't want that. And to stop that, to turn it back around to where the Father can have fellowship with us again, a man just like Adam, a man had to be just like Adam. And it says back in Romans, by one man's disobedience for many made by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. God sent a man to be obedient. But the man, to reverse what Adam did, he had to be obedient where Adam wasn't obedient. He had to reverse what Adam did. But to do it, he had to become a man. He had to do it just like Adam did. He had to become a man. Turn with me to Hebrews 5, verse 7. This is talking about Jesus. The writer of Hebrews goes on, Who in the days of his flesh... The days of his flesh, did you know that Jesus had to become a man like you and I? He had to leave all his godly ability in heaven. John 1.1 says, for the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh. He left all his godly ability, and he came to the earth. Why? To reverse what Adam did. To get us back with fellowship with the Father, he had to reverse The disobedience of Adam. And how is he going to reverse the disobedience of Adam? He's going to be obedient. He's going to be obedient. He became a man like you and I. But this man is going to be obedient. Let's go on. To in the days of his flesh when he offered up prayers and supplication. With strong crying and tears. Unto him that was able to save him from death. Do you see Jesus only had one way to come out of death, and the Father was going to have to do it. Jesus couldn't do it. Jesus could not raise himself from the dead. Why? Jesus was a man like you and I. He became a man like you and I. He had no power. He had none. How is he going to reverse Adam? He's going to have to obey the Father. Let's go on who offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Look at this next verse. Though he were a son, he was the son of God. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience. The Son of God had to learn obedience. Do you think we have to also, if he is our example? Jesus had to walk in obedience to the Father. Turn with me to John 15, verse 10. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, and he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to us, He says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And then he goes on, even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus, the son of God, had to obey the father. He had to stay within his father's commandments. He had to obey the father to stay in the father's love. We're talking about the son of God here. We're talking about the man that at one time was God. He left it all. He became a man and he became obedient. Uh, Isaiah 52 verse 13, behold my servant. Behold my servant. The Father sent Jesus to be a servant, to be obedient, to reverse what happened with Adam. Now, let's go on. Let's go to Hebrews 10. This is how Jesus did it. Hebrews 10 verse 5. When Jesus cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering thou wouldest not. What a body hast thou prepared me. Do you see how Jesus came? He left all his godly ability. He can't see. He left being able to see everything at once. He left being able to know everything at once. He left to be able to, be able to create anything that he needed. He left it all. He became a man. And now he says that the Father prepared him a body. Sacrifice an offering thou wouldst not desire, but a body hast thou prepared me. What was Jesus going to do with that body? He was going to obey the Father. He was going to obey the Father in that body. It says, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, thou hast had no pleasure. None. The Father had no pleasure. Then said I, Jesus said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written on me to do Thy will, O God. Not his own will. Not his own will to do your will, Father. Not my will to do what you want. To do what you want. Now, turn with me. We're going to look at a couple of examples of Jesus obeying the Father. You know, it says that in obedience, it says that Jesus was tempted in every way you could be tempted. Tempted in all points. Why was he tempted? Because he had the soul of a man. Like I said, Jesus, the Father, gave him, made him a man just like you and I. He was tempted like you and I. Tempted. A man, Jesus, tempted like you and I. You know, I said, you can't tempt me with fried frog legs. But you can tempt me with chocolate. Jesus was tempted in all points because he had a soul like you and mine. All points. Anything you've been tempted with, Jesus was tempted with it. And you know how he got out of it? He obeyed the Father. He obeyed the Father. He wouldn't yield to the temptation. He never sinned. You can be tempted and never sin. He never sinned, but he was tempted. And there are certain cases he was tempted not to obey the Father. Matthew 26, verse 50. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? He's talking to Judas. He's in the garden. He had just prayed through his resurrection. And a couple weeks ago, I shared about how Jesus, in his fleshly heart, didn't want to go to the cross. He did not want to go to the cross. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he had to pray through. He had to put his flesh down so that he would go to the cross. And at this point, he prayed through his resurrection. He put his flesh down. He's ready to go and die on the cross for you and I. His flesh has been subdued. His spirit is in control. And now Judas comes and kisses him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they, laid hands on Jesus, and took him. And then, behold, one of them that was with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, Struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. They were going to fight. This disciple was going to fight so that Jesus would not be taken by the government. He was going to fight. And what does Jesus say? Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword unto his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And look what he says to his disciples. Thinkest thou not that I cannot pray now to my father? Thinkest not that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently, he shall immediately give me more than 12 legions of angels. Do you hear what Jesus said here? He said, I can get out of this. Jesus doesn't lie. Jesus doesn't lie. He said right here, do you don't think I could call right now and the Father would send me 12 legions of angels? But I have to go to the cross. I have to obey the Father. I am not going to call him. I am going to the cross. Why? Next verse. But how then shall the scripture be fulfilled that thus it must be? Do you know if Jesus would have yielded to that? If he would not have obeyed the Father, you and I would have not had our sins forgiven. And you and I would be on our way to hell. Jesus had to obey the Father. He had to reverse The disobedience of Adam, and the only way to reverse the disobedience of Adam was to obey the Father perfectly. Perfectly. The man never screwed up. He walked it perfectly. He had an ear to the Father, and whatever the Father told him to do, he was going to do it. He is our example. Don't you think we ought to be doing the same thing? obeying the father you know when i was in a denominational church i never even heard the word obey never even heard it when i first heard it i came to water of life i said what is this what do you mean i have to obey god all right let's go to john 19 i love this one this is jesus on the cross he has every bone at a joint it's dark he has been on the cross now for about six hours. Before they put him on the cross, they tried to give him vinegar mixed with gall, and he refused it. He refused it. Why did he refuse it? Because he obeyed the Father, and it did not say that the vinegar had to have that had gall in it. So he refused it. He was going to obey the Father to the utmost. Mark, he was going to obey the Father perfectly, and they put him on the cross. They nailed his hands to the tree. They put the cross up for all to see. The man is naked. Every bone is coming out of joint because our sins are on him, because they're coming on him. He has, he can't see. His heart is broken. He has no strength. But yet he is still conscience and he's still coherent and he's still paying attention to his spirit. Why? Because he's going to obey the father. Why? He's going to reverse what Adam did. So you and I will have fellowship back with the father. Do you see the love of this man? Do you see the love of this man? He is not going to fail in one little point because he wants to reverse what Adam did. He wants you to have fellowship with the Father. He wants you to have perfect fellowship with the Father. And the only way to do that is to obey what God sent him to do. Now let's continue. It said, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, there was one thing left he had to do. There was one thing left he had to do. He gave his mother to John. He did not take of the gall. He spoke the things he was supposed to speak. He forgave everybody that put him on the cross. He had everything done. His body is broken. His body is broken at this point, but he knows he's got one more thing to do. And that one more thing to us doesn't seem very important, but it was in the Scriptures. And Jesus is going to obey the Scriptures to the uttermost. And what's he say? After this, Jesus, knowing all things are now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst, I thirst. Now, there was set a vinegar full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with the vinegar, and they put it upon hyssop, and they put it to his mouth. Jesus said in Psalm 69 that there was going to be vinegar, and Jesus had to have that vinegar to fulfill all the scriptures, all the scriptures on the cross. He had to fulfill them all. He had to obey the Father to the uttermost. To the uttermost. Why? Because he wants you to have fellowship with the Father like He has. He wants you to have the same fellowship with the Father that He has. He wants you to be one-on-one with God. He wants the Spirit of Jesus in you. He wants the Spirit of God in you by the Holy Ghost. He wants that all for you, and He's going to do it by obeying the Father, and He's going to do it perfectly. And right here, he had one more thing he had to do before he died, and he made sure that he stayed coherent, and he stayed awake, and he stayed paying attention to his spirit, and he said, I thirst. I thirst. I got to get this one last thing done. Every bone is out of joint. It is dark. Nobody can see him. And he says, I thirst. And when he's done, He said, now when they set a a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with the vinegar and put it upon Hysop, put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had had received the vinegar, he says, it's finished. It's finished. All the work that the Father told me I had to do, all the work, all the obedience that I had to do, For the father to get what reverse what Adam did, I did. He did on the cross. And when he finished all the work that God sent him to do, he said, I'm finished. It is finished, father. It is finished. All the obedience that I had to have, that I had to do to reverse what Adam did, it's finished. It's finished. I did it all. And you know what he did next? He died. He died. He finished the work on the cross. He said so. I finished all the work that the Father told me to do, and he died. And then he went to hell. Why did he go to hell? Because that was a sinner that died on the cross. That was a sinner that died on the cross. That was part of his obedience. He took on our sin. He took on our iniquity. He took on our our diseases. He took on our poverty. He took on our lack of peace. And he died on the cross. And when he finished it all, he said, it's finished. And he went to hell. And he went to hell. And you know what the father thought about his obedience? Do you know what the father did about Jesus' obedience? He raised the man from the dead. He raised the man from the dead. Jesus obeyed the Father, and how did the Father pay him back? He raised him from the dead, raised him from the dead, came alive out of the grave, and you know what happened when he did that? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that forgave every sin ever committed. That's how perfect that obedience was. It forgave every sin that you and I and every person on this earth was forgiven by the power of God when he raised Jesus from the dead. Your sicknesses, your diseases, your poverty, your lack of peace, anything that came between you and God that became, that be, became between in that fellowship was taken away when Jesus was raised from the dead. Do you know what? Jesus obeyed the Father, exactly, obedient, walked in obedience, said that with that obedience, he became perfect. Let's go back to Hebrews. Hebrews 5, it says, though he were, verse 8, though he were a son, yet learned the obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect. Jesus was made perfect. Jesus made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. There's that word, folks, that obey him. You want eternal life? You want life on this earth? You want salvation in every situation? You've got to obey Jesus just like he obeyed the Father. You have to obey Jesus. And you know what the first thing you have to do to obey Jesus is? You have to be born again. Jesus himself said, you must be born again. That is part of your obedience. You can sit in a church pew for your whole life and never obey God. Never. And the first thing Jesus said in John 3 was, you must be born again. How does a person become born again? He takes, he tells the Father. He speaks to the Father. He speaks to Jesus. He calls on the name of Jesus. Romans um, Romans 8:15 or 13. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be born again. The Spirit, that Spirit that obeyed the Father to the othermost, when you call on that name, will come into you, and you too will become one flat or one spirit, one spirit. And you will walk with Jesus, and he will lead you into the same obedience he does. And what happened to Jesus when he obeyed the Father perfectly? He became perfect. He became perfect. He was raised from the dead perfect. And you know what happens when we obey that man that's perfect, that came out of the grave? We become perfect also. And every need that we ever need, every need that we need in front of us will be supplied by the Holy Ghost and Jesus, when we obey Him, when we obey Him, if you have not been born again, if you are not born again, that is the first thing you need to do to obey God. To be born again, you call on the name of Jesus and you ask Him to come into your heart and He will and your spirit and His spirit will become one spirit and you will find that you are on your way to make to heaven. You are on your way to eternal life and you are on your way to having heaven on earth. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at com, or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861 327 Plano, Texas 75086 You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter Until next time, God bless